0: Hello, everybody. You're listening to season three, episode 18 of the Attempt Adventure podcast, a podcast all about travel, finding adventure every day, and seeking out ways to make your life a little more interesting. From Longmont, Colorado, I'm your host, James Barrett, joined as always by my co-host, Michael DeRosiers in China Spring, Texas. Yeah, that's, that's odd. And you've been there for a few weeks
1: now. Yeah, about three weeks now.
0: Three weeks, you got a few more.
1: Yeah, about two more weeks left, yeah. I'm going to go about two weeks from today.
0: Yeah. All right, well, today, we had a wonderful interview today.
1: Yeah, that's right, James. I sat down with uh, Tyler Witkowski. He's a um, RVer, traveler mental health advocate. Really great interview. We talked about RV life. We talked about traveling the country. He's also a foodie. We talked about some of his favorite places to uh, to eat and drink in the country. We also talked about travel and adventure and mental health. So it's a great interview. And that's coming up after our morning announcements. Yeah,
0: <laughs> morning announcements. It's like grade school all over again. But yeah, just before we get into that, got some quick announcements. want to shout out our Kofi page, um, ko-fi.com slash adventure. There you can show us your support. Donate a dollar, donate two dollars, donate seven million dollars.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> we will do this full time.
0: Oh yeah, if you if <laughs>
1: we'll make an episode every week. <laughs> I promise. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> That's just if you just want to show your support for the show. Obviously, don't donate that much money.
1: If you want to donate that much money, don't go through Kofi. Just contact us directly.
0: Just that let us know. <laughs> that would be better. They don't need that kind of commission. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just to show your support. Um, and beyond that, if you like the show, just let your friends know. Yeah. Tell your dad. Tell your partner. Tell your dog. I told my sister the other day. She doesn't listen. Um, I was okay, like, hey, do you
1: on. like podcasts? She's like, yeah, I do. And I was like, have you listened to mine recently? She's like, well, not recently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's kind of everyone I know. I'm like, hey, I got this. And they're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, you and I are not good at marketing ourselves. I know like my mom listens every, occasionally. Mm-hmm. Hi, mom, if you're listening. But beyond that, I'm pretty sure Kyle listens. He
1: does. He does listen. Kyle. Hey, and my, Kyle. My, How you my doing? My parents listen, I think. Nice. Nice. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> People are listening because we've had as many downloads this year as we did in our first two seasons
0: combined. And we love you all mm-hmm. very much. Yes, we do. Sorry, I am out of it this morning. I am kind of, <laughs> my brain is not That's all right, working James. correctly, but Michael, yes, did you do anything new or adventurous this week? I did, James. Mm-hmm. I didn't
1: know this. I lived here for four years in college. I took astronomy class in college and they never told us about this, but apparently there's an observatory about 45 minutes out of Waco, just outside of Clifton, about 12 miles outside of Clifton, mm-hmm. the Myers Observatory. And they had an open house a couple of days ago. Beautiful clear sky. Great time of year to do it. This is probably the best time of year to do it because you don't have to be out there like at 1 a.m. to see clear stuff. Oh, yeah, because it gets dark dark early. Six, yeah. Yeah, my dad and I went out to the open house at the observatory. They had the telescope set up. I'm going to send you some pictures here.
0: Oh, please do. I mean, it's a legit observatory. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like a real thing.
1: Yeah, they set it up and the guy was talking about it and talking about, you know, anyone could ask questions. It was all ages, all, you know, all ages of people. There are probably about 25 people there. You know, he was answering any questions we had about astronomy, and then um, he would he would train the telescope on something, and then we could look at it, and we'd all take turns looking through it. Uh, we got to see Saturn. You could see the rings and the moons even very, very clearly. Got to see Jupiter. Uh, I mean, you could see the stripes on Jupiter. It was crazy. We even got to look at the Andromeda galaxy, which was incredible. And the thing that blows your mind when you look at the Andromeda galaxy, that's the closest galaxy to us, but that's like two million light years away. Oh, yeah. So the light that we're seeing is from 2 million years ago.
0: I have always loved space. Yeah. I'm not good enough at math to um, do anything with it. Even in my college astronomy course, I'm pretty sure I got a C. Did you watch a bunch (laughs) of Bill Nye in lab? No. In your college, you got to watch Bill Nye in your lab?
1: Occasionally. Not like a lot. No. See, (laughs) mine
0: was like this. My college astronomy course. This is freshman astronomy. It's one of my science electives. Same. I... Got there, and the lecture part was like, the sun is a star. (laughs) These are the planets. This is what a galaxy is. And the lab was like, here, set up this software and use it to calculate the future trajectory of Jupiter's moons. And I'm just like, these are, this is a disconnect between the two. And so I got like a D in the lab and an A in the lecture, and it just rounded out to a C. (laughs) And I was like, good enough. (laughs) They're like, do you want to take the next one? I was like, no, no, I don't. I've always really liked it. I've always found it very interesting. We can get into this little tangent for a second. I find the idea of the vastness of the universe to be weirdly comforting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me. Some people get really freaked out by it. Some people, it's it's like a like an existential crisis kind of thing.
1: I'm totally am. I mean, I don't necessarily find it comforting. I don't find it not comforting. I find it. I'm ambivalent
0: towards it. I just accept it as <laughs> it just is. Fact, yeah. See, for me, it's like you look at it and you when you really start like expanding outwards mm-hmm. you really realize how small you really are right and to me how i look at it as like on my worst day that i've ever had in my life anything that happened on that day while it felt to me like everything was it, it was like in the big scheme of things didn't even matter the universe keeps on trucking and to me i was like okay it puts it into perspective a little bit like a universal problem would be way bigger than me having a bad day
1: <laughs> yeah I mean, gosh! I mean, I didn't even know this was out here, but it was dark. Mm-mm. I mean, that's the nice thing. Like, you drive 45 minutes outside of Dallas, you still got you can barely see. Yeah, anything. too much light. light pollution. You drive 45 minutes out of Waco. It was so dark, you can see stars in my just camera. Yeah, no, phone in your picture, camera.
0: which is nuts. Um, that's just my phone. That's what's interesting about where I live is that there are quite a bit of stars where I live. We're still close enough to the city, I think, where we get some light pollution. But Colorado, in general, is pretty good, at least where I am. Like all the streetlights, they're not allowed to point out and put upward light out. Mm-hmm. And they don't have many street lights. And so when it's dark, it is dark out here, man. And I think somehow the one side of the horizon being like all mountains makes it darker somehow. It kind of blocks the light from whatever is on the other side of it. And it's Because I'm just driving around. I'm driving at night. I'm like, it is so dark out here. But it has never been as dark as one time when I was driving home from Reno. And it was like 2 or 3 a.m. driving through the deserts of New Mexico.
1: I mean, there's nothing out there.
0: You have your headlights on, but you can't see more than like anything. It's like a black wall past where your oh, headlights yeah. reach. It's crazy.
1: I've driven out in New Mexico sometimes before, not on purpose. I try to avoid it at nighttime because of that, um, because it can be a little bit scary mm-hmm. out there. I mean, there's there's wildlife and deer and stuff like that. You don't want to, you know, <laughs> You <Yeah>, run into <laughs> run into it's dark. I mean, people go out to like white sands. For the stargazing, mm-hmm. because there's just nothing out there.
0: I'm pretty sure at White Sands you can see the
1: Milky Way. I think it's a dark sky, like certified dark sky mm-hmm. spot. I know Big Bend is.
0: Yes, that is really cool. Mine isn't stars. I didn't, I didn't do any of that, but I did get weirdly into baking this past week. No kidding, I did too. Yeah, like weirdly. Yeah, like like I made uh, my birthday was on Monday, the big three one. Mm-hmm. My mom made me a little depressed. <laughs> if you're listening, you, if you're listening, mom, you didn't really make me depressed. <laughs> cuz she said happy birthday and she's like you're starting your 32nd year around the sun. Uh-huh. And I was like but I'm only then Then I thought. It, I was like no, you're not one until you've been alive for a year. <laughs> oh no. Um, but it's also I, I think past a certain age it doesn't matter what year you t- decades matter. I, I think I guess so, yeah. For me, how I view it is like cuz when you're when you're a teenager every year is big. You turn 13 you're a teenager and then when you're 16 you can drive and then 18 you're an adult you and vote and it's exciting. And then 21 you can drink. Yeah. In twenty-five, you can rent a car. After that, nothing matters. I guess at thirty-five you can be president. Yeah, right. <laughs> is it 35? Yeah, it is. Like we'll ever have a 35-year-old president. Michael and James. <laughs> uh 20 20, uh, whatever.
1: We can't do math well enough to be
0: the president, James. Would would we be eligible? Would, <laughs> we will be eligible. Hey, I don't I don't think <laughs> I don't think uh next election will be eligible. I would never be president. No. That's a job I would never want. That is the worst job in the world. We'd be the worst presidents. No, I I got weirdly into baking. It was my birthday and on I didn't want a cake or anything. I wanted I wanted cookies. I wanted like chocolate chunk cookies. And so I was like, I'm just going to make them. I've, I've never made like homemade chocolate that I can remember anyway. Okay. And so I made like, I'll send you a picture. Is yes, please. I'm, I went like on a like four day tangent. Or were you just like hunting down the perfect recipe? I got the recipe. It was more like t- dialing it in for what I wanted. Okay, okay. So like the first ones I made were good. They were good. Because I wanted big like big, like bakery cookies. Like big giant chocolate chip cookies. Made oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. Oh, that's nice. And so, yeah, I was just like went on this weird like obsession for like four days straight. That's so weird, James, because that's been my hyper fixation this week, too, is cookies. I don't know why. I was like, I want cookies, man. (laughs) So I made the cookies and then I wasn't happy with the first batch. And then I was like, okay, let's keep it going. And so like on Saturday, when we celebrated my birthday, I made I made cookies. And then Sunday, I didn't. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm pretty sure I made cookies like every day. And then on Friday, Friday, I didn't. And then Saturday, we went over to one of our friend's house for like a cookie, Christmas cookie baking day. Oh, nice. And so I made more cookies. Uh, but yeah, so that was my weird like hyper fixation. And now I'm like, I have like a, I like went like all in and now I like, I miss cooking. And just in general, I'm like, oh man, we got new pans and stuff. And so I'm just, just like, let's, I'm, I'm ready to go.
1: I went a little weird. I was in a mood for something weird. So I made two this week. I made some um, Earl Grey brown butter, like shortbread with
0: this uh, oh, lemon frosting. Really good. delicious.
1: They were pretty good. You couldn't really taste the tea though. I was disappointed. It was a recipe mm-hmm. I found online. Um, the second one, which I made last night, are maple bacon cookies.
0: Uh yeah.
1: They were excellent, but I-, I followed the recipe exactly. They were too soft when they came out. I'm not sure why. The recipe used melted butter, so maybe it, I should have... That's weird. Like, not done that. I, but it was from Imperial Sugar. It was like a recipe from like a normal—I've
0: never, I've never heard a baking recipe or a cookie recipe use melted butter. I it's haven't odd. either.
1: I haven't either. But I mean, it wasn't just some random food blogger. It was from Imperial yeah. Sugar's website. So maybe I would try it again with you know, like like softened butter, like you're supposed to.
0: Yeah, I did find a recipe that uses um, you cook bacon. It's just it's chocolate chunk, chunk cookie, but you, you you cook bacon and then you use bacon grease instead of butter. But I'd have like a boy. That's probably like delicious. <laughs> but anyway. So that's what I have did this week. I've just been going on a crazy <laughs> baking tangent. But yeah, so let's see. Do you want to just, uh, since we've gone on for that for a while, you want to jump right into the interview?
1: Tyler and I had a really, really great conversation. RV Life sounds fantastic. I mean, if I was living here, and I probably couldn't convince my wife to do it, but uh, if I was able to, it would be great. I mean, it sounds really Awesome. It sounds like a great lifestyle. If you're interested in RVing, if you're interested in road tripping, if you're interested in traveling the country, if you're interested in, you know, mental health awareness, things like that, and the way that that's affected by travel and adventure, well, have a listen. I think you'll enjoy this episode. So, Tyler, welcome.
2: Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Michael. You know, my name is Tyler Witkowski. I am uh, one part of the Adventure with Coffee crew, along with my wife, Grace, and our three dogs now. Rocky, um, we just added our pit, Rocky. We've got a German Shepherd mix, Dutch, and a German Shepherd mix, Bell. So we uh, travel across the United States full-time, living in an RV. We sold our house in the in May of 2023. And have since moved into our RV, our 31-foot Coachman Concord, who we have named Dink after my great-grandmother, um, which is also a great thing for the latest TikTok trend called Dinks, which is dual income, no kids, um, which is my wife and I, except we have like three kids technically because of the dogs. <laughs> but, you know, animals are always part of the family,
1: sure. That's right.
2: <laughs> um but yeah, I, I'm a published author. I own a couple of companies: a independent publishing company, as well as a marketing and communications firm specifically for nonprofits and higher education institutes. Um, I also do a little bit of blogging with Adventure with Coffee, as I mentioned, for destination uh, tips and tricks. Different places we find on the road, as well as RV tips, things that we lessons we've learned on the road, because trust me, we've learned a lot of lessons on the road. And it's only been about six or seven months now. So, And then I blog for Tylerwitkowski.com, which is my mental health and marketing blog. So I big, big into writing. My grandmother was a big uh, she was an English teacher whenever I was growing up and later my elementary school principal. And she was a huge influence on my life and really sparked this passion for writing and creativity. And just I remember whenever we were little traveling across you know the, the state of North Carolina with uh, my grandparents. Every summer we would go somewhere different, and it was just always so fun to travel. And that's really where my love for travel started.
1: So what made you make the decision to hit the road in the first place?
2: I would imagine that's a big decision to make. Yeah, so we actually – we, me and my wife have been together for going on nine years now. It'll be nine years in 2024, and uh, for every year for our anniversary, whether it be our dating anniversary or since we've been married, our wedding anniversary, we would travel to a different state, and it was our goal to hit 50 states by the time we hit 50. So it's always been a passion of ours to travel and we were spending so much money at Airbnbs and hotels and things like that that we decided that we were gonna invest in a RV and be able to, you know, travel whenever we wanted and um, you know, just enjoy that kind of lifestyle. My wife worked remotely at the time. I owned my own companies and was able to work from anywhere. So we were like, you know, we could just pick up and leave one week and go anywhere. And then I got to thinking about it for a couple months and I was like, you know what would be really cool? is if I didn't have to pick up and go anywhere, I could just go anywhere anytime I wanted because my life was on the road. So my wife and I talked about selling our house and, um, I came to her in January of 2023 with the idea. And I said, Hey, I want to sell the house and move into the RV full time. And she looked at me and said, you're absolutely crazy. Have you taken (laughs) your medicine today? And, uh, You know, I I told her, I was like, no, hear me out. Give me give me at least a week. And she said she would think about it for a week. And, you know, we would discuss rediscuss it at Mm -hmm. the end of that period. So throughout that week, I was telling her, you know, we could wake up somewhere different every single day, like we wouldn't be confined to our hometown anymore, because it wasn't really her hometown, but she had been there for most of her life. And I was born and raised in Leland, North Carolina, where we're from. And man it was just the small town life was getting to us it was so mm-hmm. much drama so much expectations and everybody knew everybody that we just wanted to get away from it so sure. i i convinced her at the end of that week and yeah. she said okay let's uh let's really think about this for about a month and if we're both still on the same page then we'll sell the house so from the beginning of january to the end of january we made the decision to sell our house and we put it on the market in March. Sold it by within a week and we were out by the end of April. That's incredible. So I know you're moving around. Where are you currently? We're at a place called Lake Town Glamping in uh, Lake Walk Mall, North Carolina. It's about an hour from Leland. Uh, so we want it to stay, you know, especially for the holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas time, New Year's. We want it to stay around family and be there and let them kind of adjust to us being gone because whenever we leave on our trip in 2024, we're going to be gone for about eight months out of the year, right. and we won't be back in North Carolina at all until the end of uh, September, early October. So we're, we tried to let them get used to it, but we love Lake Town, man. I tell you, it's going to be so hard to have to leave because they own our RJ and our neighbors, Amanda, Jimmy, Greg they're just all, and Jay, they're just all really great people, and it's, that's the best thing about the RV lifestyle, and my, my in-laws actually lived the RV lifestyle for a little bit before my wife and I did it, so that's kind of what inspired the idea, but um, we've learned that there's just such a community, and you find people that turn into more than friends, and they turn into a extended family and, you know, we've had Thanksgiving parties and we just had our Christmas party a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, we just do all these get togethers with these people and it's really been an amazing experience. And, you know, where the owner tells us all the time, he's like, I'm going to miss you guys when you leave, but you will always have a spot here for every time you come back for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Cause it's, you know, such a, an important part of our life is, has been these people and being able to create these traditions that we're now going to be able to have with people that we never would have known had we not gotten into this lifestyle.
1: Right. Wow, that's that's awesome. I, I love that. So how much of it is planned in advance? Like we're going to go here by this day, here by this day. How much of it is spontaneous? Like, you know what? I really want to see you know Kentucky
2: this week. Yeah, so we've got a app called RV Life that we paid for and downloaded on our phones and basically it helps you it's got like all the campgrounds in the United States and uh, you can track your trip and that's what we really use it for is tracking our trips. So we sat down earlier this year and went and scheduled out our t- time for us to um you know where we wanted to be when we wanted to be. We knew that we wanted to be in Colorado for my birthday, um, which is in March. So we definitely, we had, I've got friends, uh, Kelsey and love lady and, uh, Caitlin Kalor, who are my business partners for tea with coffee media live out in Colorado. So I wanted to go out there and, you know, spend the month in Colorado. So we knew that and everything else, we just kind of looked at the map and said, Ooh, it might be fun to go here. Ooh, it might be fun to go here and started kind of looking for campgrounds in those specific areas and you know, mapping out our trip and and it turned out to this really cool thing. We built a little video that kind of shows our travel across the the map and what it's going to look like. And we've really enjoyed being able to um, explore, you know, these different areas, the campgrounds in these different areas by looking into them and doing the research, because it's been we've been able to find, you know, especially I mentioned earlier, we have a pit bull and some campgrounds don't accept pit bulls um our rv is a little bit older it's a 2008 some of them don't accept rvs that are older than 10 years old so you know we we had to do a lot of research because we couldn't just show up to any old campgrounds and you know know that they were going to have a place for us so we've booked out uh for the first i think four months of our trip we've already paid for and booked our spots and then Probably come January, we'll start booking out the rest of our trip and go from there. And you know, we've already got our 2025 packed out. We're going to be going uh, from down the bottom of the United States up through California and then back around. So we're going to be do a big, big wide circle like a NASCAR driver. You know, talking about the
1: campgrounds, those are things that I just wouldn't have ever even considered. The fact that there would be these restrictions on it. I'm sure that the in laws are helpful people that have done it, but what are some of the most helpful resources if someone wants to get into RV
2: life? Oh, yeah, there are so many helpful resources out there uh, blogs that are super helpful. Uh, RV life has their own blog. I'm going to shamelessly plug Adventure with Coffee. You know, we've got great resources on the RV life and tips and tricks. But also going on to, you know, Facebook has been huge for us with all these Facebook groups. There are so many Facebook groups for full time RV living, boondocking, first time RV livers, uh, part time for different states. I mean, there are so many different resources out there on Facebook and people with real experiences. I mean, you get some trolls and you get some people who don't take it seriously and are negative. But, I mean, you get that wherever you go in life. So we, we've we really relied on the Facebook forums. Um, and then once we get into the campgrounds, you know, we ask the people around us. We have genuine conversations. If we have a question about something that's going on in our RV, we'll go over to our neighbor and say, hey, have you ever had this happen? You know, what what should we do? and if they don't know then we'll go to facebook and if they don't know then we'll call in the professionals
1: what are some of the biggest surprises you've encountered in the last several months of living in an
2: rv yeah a couple things you know they always said told me that owning an rv was like owning a boat and that it's expensive to own and um what i didn't realize didn't expect was that it was going to be like owning a house it was going to be very expensive to oh, own so right. you know it just it felt like there in the beginning and it was it's an older you know it's an older rig. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be in perfect condition and we knew that and in the beginning it felt like every time we turned around something was going wrong but now we've got you know we've started making it at our own place we've we took out the couch that came with it and bought two little ottomans that fold out into bed so that we can have more space. We've taken out our microwave and we're getting ready to take out our stovetop and replace that and make it into more storage space. Um, we use, we, we really don't even use our stove. We've never actually never used our stovetop since we've been in here. We use our Ninja Foodi, um, which is like a, it's like a 10 in one type of deal. So it's got like a bake setting, broil setting, air fryer, all that good stuff. Um, I think the biggest challenge for us was getting used to flat towing. Uh, we had to get a flat towed, flat towed vehicle. So we traded in both of our cars whenever we sold the house, and got a Jeep that was able to be flat towed And the first extended trip that we took, the Jeep actually came unhooked from the RV partly. So my wife was driving and I had dozed off and she's Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. And I'm like, what, what, what? And I look over and I'm looking in the camera because we've got a backup camera that's on all the time and the Jeep is just slowly going. Oh no, the other oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and, yeah. So, um, my grandfather passed away in April, uh, so about a month before we had moved into the RV full-time, and he was, you know, your typical man's man, was always outdoors working on big equipment, and I told my wife, I was like, that was his way of slapping me upside the head, telling me I didn't double-triple-check. And so ever since that day, I have double triple check, and I hear his voice in the back of my head saying that, don't forget to check it, don't forget to check it
1: good lesson to learn
2: early on, I guess. <laughs> wow. Yes. And with no damage, with no damage. can't even imagine. I would be panicking so bad. <laughs> yeah. My wife did amazing. Cause she was the one driving and she got us off the road enough to where we could, you know, safely try to get everything figured out and fixed. Yeah. And the only thing that happened was one of the pins and the, uh, the connection had bent. So the company, the manufacturer sent us a new one for free. So Couldn't – Blue Ox, shout out to them for that awesome hookup there.
1: Are there any parts of the country that you're especially looking forward to, things that you're really excited to see that you haven't yet that's sort of like on your bucket list?
2: Yeah, so next year we are going to spend probably right after Christmas or right before Christmas in Florida for Disney World, Harry Potter Land, Universal, all that good stuff. My wife and I, neither one of us have ever been. And um, she's a huge Harry Potter fan. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. We both love Disney. And we're like, we're going to go and we're going to get the RV camp pass for Disney and stay on the Disney park so that we can just wake up and walk right to the park. Oh, how cool. I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So we're really excited about that. Then I'm really excited for Colorado. Mm -hmm. uh i get to see two of my best friends that one of them i've only met through online interactions the other one i've only seen once before in my life so i get to spend a whole month with them now so i'm super excited and then uh also also excited to make our way to texas next year to see my other business partner victoria moxley so very excited to be able to see it's just it's so great to be able to travel across the country and you know, with Tea with Coffee Media, we have authors across the world, but most of them are in the United States. And I'm making plans that as I'm traveling to go by and stop and see our authors, and, right? You know, just nice. have dinner with them and get to meet them and bring that personal interaction and help them, you know, set up at events and get them get things coordinated so that I can be there and teach them different tips and tricks on how I sell at these events. And so it's it's going to be really fun. I'm excited for it. I love a road trip.
1: I I really think that's the best way to see the country. But in your opinion, what are the benefits of driving versus, you know, taking a flight across the country?
2: I think whenever you fly, you kinda like, yeah, the scenery up in the sky is nice and you get a different view, but I don't think you get as good a view as when you're driving, you know, because you can be driving through the mountains and see, you know, all the fauna and flora out there that are just beautiful but when you're flying you see the tops of those trees or the tips of those mountains and to me that's just not as impressive you have to look down yeah you no know, yeah. it, it's depending on how high you are you might not even see anything because all you see you might see is clouds so being able to just really experience it I mean yeah it's a little more exhausting at the end of the day because you're the one who's putting in the work driving it instead of just sleeping on the plane um But you know, whenever you've got a great system like my wife and I do, we swap off every couple of hours so that the other one can rest. And um, you know, it's just so rewarding to be able to see all the beauty that America does have to offer, especially since um, societally we've gotten so ugly lately. It's it's nice to see the beautiful side of this beautiful country that we do live in.
1: Do you feel that you have to be a quite a flexible person, go with the flow and kind of adapt to challenges as they come. Do you think oh, there's yeah. a certain personality type that really benefits from this?
2: Um, I wouldn't say there's a certain type of personality that benefits this because my wife and I are definitely two separate person two different personalities. And like we're on fast opposites of the spectrum on a lot of different okay. personality traits. And we both love the lifestyle and we've both found we both have our challenges. We both have the things that we do really well and they complement one another. So, you know, I think having a great partner to be able to compliment you is also a great thing, you know, whether it is your wife or a friend or even your dogs or whatever it may be having, you know, not going at it alone is something that I think because you want to be able to enjoy those kind of experiences with people. But the biggest thing for us has been learning what each other, you know, learning each other again in such a close, close space. Because you do have to adapt. There is definitely an adaptability part that you have to adapt to your lifestyle because things do happen and you can't always be prepared for them. And, you know, especially with, you know, an RV like we have, it's a drivable RV. So it's a motorhome. And if we have to have any repairs done, we have to take it to the shop. And if we have to take it to the shop, then we're out of the home for however long it's in the shop. Oh, I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Yeah. So there there are definitely some struggles and challenges that you have to consider, but I think anybody can do it. It's just a matter of, you know, preparing yourself and saying, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to take take on a new adventure because that's ultimately what it was for us was to break the monotony of life and go out there and explore and travel and be one with the world again. Yeah.
1: Well, Tyler, you're also a mental health advocate. How does that relate to travel or how can that relate to adventure?
2: Yeah. So mental health for me is something I'm I'm very passionate about and Mm -hmm. traveling has always helped my mental health because it has helped me to, again, break the monotony and to get away from the things that were holding me back. So whenever I was, had something to look forward to a new place, a new destination, it made me so happy whenever I was just living in my house, knowing that, hey, in a couple of weeks, me and Gracie, my wife, are going to Tennessee or West Virginia or Virginia or wherever it may have been. And now I'm so much happier because every day I do get to wake up to a new scenery. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago we were in the mountains. Today we're in the middle of the woods. Tomorrow we could be at, you know, a lake. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty of this lifestyle is just being able to break the monotony and, and be refreshed and recharged every couple of weeks whenever you travel to a new place so that if you do get burnt out on your living situation, it's like, hey, I'm in a whole new town, whole new state now living with different people and getting to meet different people and not being surrounded by the um, toxicity that you're used to.
1: Yeah, I mean I think there's something so important for humans to just be in nature as well. It really is like replenishing,
2: Uh, at least for me and I think for a lot of people it is. Absolutely. Grounding yourself with nature is such a pivotal part of mental health too. Um, You know, Just being able to be one with nature and feel at your most – because that's when you're you're most vulnerable. Whenever everybody is back at home with earth is when we're the most vulnerable, so opening up your life – and saying, you know, I am here, I am alive, and I do enjoy my life. And just trying to repeat those positive affirmations, it's so much easier when you're just barefoot on the grass, on the beach, on the dirt, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah. So if someone is maybe living in a big city or isn't able to get out into the wilderness, really, how can they still sort of experience that adventure in a way that can help sort of replenish them?
2: Yeah, there's, um, you know, for people who are to their house for whatever it may be medical reasons or personal reasons you know there's always Mm -hmm. different adventure blogs like mine and different youtube channels out there where people can really get to you know while you may not get to explore you can see what's out there and see the beauty and see the people because and don't just rely on you know your tv um and i know that sounds crazy because that's where a lot of the best quality comes from but Do they really capture the most authentic essence of those communities? And that's what I try to do with um, my Adventure with Coffee blog for people that are still back at home or can't travel or whatever it may be. I want to give them an opportunity to see the nooks and crannies of the United States, let them see the culture and the society and get to talk to people and say, you know, hey, this society is not dying just because of what we see. And media and on social media, you know, there are still good people out there who are just quiet. You know, the the silent the silent majority is. You know, they're there. We just have to find them and go out. and I want to show people that there's still hope out there that there's still good in humanity by exploring these small businesses, these locally run places. Um, You know, something I'm very passionate about is breweries, uh, and me and my wife both love craft coffee and restaurants so we try to find small craft breweries and craft coffee shops and food and all this good stuff and just really bring it to the forefront of people's attention so you know look for authentic blogs like real people out there doing this and traveling join some of these facebook groups and you see what their experiences are like and you know you may you may Miss, feel like you're missing out, or you may feel like you dodged a bullet, depending on which Facebook group you go to. So, um, but yeah, there and but also go into you know things like national parks and forests mm-hmm. and things like that, state lands where you're free to walk around. It may be a little bit further and harder for you to get to, but it's it's worth you know taking if you can. 45 minutes to an hour to drive out of your way to go to some of these nature parks and these these places where you can connect with nature. That actually brought up a question I had. You know, I know that in like um
1: national forest for example or bureau of land management land, you're able to sort of just wild camp there pretty much freely. You may have to register. Are the laws different if you're in an RV or how does that how does that work? Have you have you stayed at much like national forest land or anything like that or do you try to stick to campgrounds? With, like, a water hookup.
2: So we're actually – we're preparing our RV now so that we can boondock. Uh, Um, We're going to spend the first two or three years campground traveling, and then we're going to go – we're going to try to hit all 50 states in the next four or five years. And then our next goal is going to be to camp at all of the state parks. Um, So we – you can dry camp there. Um, Some state parks do have – Hookups for RVs, but we, you know, not all of them do. And state parks are actually pretty affordable compared to a lot of campgrounds. They just don't offer a lot of amenities that your campgrounds do. If, if anything, they're going to offer you water and electricity, and you have to find a place to dump your tank and get your own Wi-Fi and things like that.
1: You were mentioned trying to get to all the states. When you hit Alaska, are you going to try to drive up there, or is that going to be a separate? Sort of the you gonna drive through Canada as well. I
2: think so. I think that's that's our plan wow. is to try to. Drive oh, that'll be so Alaska. cool. Alaska, yeah, drive through Canada and go to Alaska. Yeah,
1: I, I want to go back to one thing you mentioned earlier about um about food. You know, I, I know that on your website you mentioned that you're quite a foodie and you talked about that. How can food help connect us to the country as well?
2: Oh yeah, you think about how many online internet debates about who has the best barbecue in the United States. I mean, you know, I'm from North Carolina, so of course I'm gonna say Lexington style is hands down sure. the best. Um, you know, I'm probably I just probably made a lot of your audience upset. I apologize for <laughs> that. I'm from Texas, but I do have to say I do love pulled pork. Yes, I am a pulled pork guy. Yes. It's controversial, I know. <laughs> and that's the thing, like getting out the, I can say that all day long, but I've never had true authentic Texas yeah. brisket or Memphis yeah. barbecue or you know, I'm not gonna throw New York into this conversation because you know, we'll just but you know what I'm saying. And then, you know, hot dogs, for example, I'm not a big tomato fan. Um, But I went to Chicago one time, and I knew mm-hmm. I had to try two things while I was there: Chicago style hot dog and Chicago style pizza. And I got both of them, and I loved both of them. I tell you, I it was I did not expect to like the Chicago style hot dog. The pizza, oh my gosh, it's like a like a pizza cake, like a lasagna cake. Yes, <laughs> jeez. But that's that's some. I mean, that's the thing. You get to explore all these different cuisines and culturally different foods and flavors. I mean, you know, one place Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to go to for the food is Louisiana. I love spicy food, Cajun food, but I'm so excited. Um, I don't know if you've ever had crawfish or crawdads, but my wife has always been hesitant about eating them because, you know, you pop them off, Mm -hmm. suck the brains out, toss them away. Yeah. And uh, she's promised me that when we go to Louisiana, she will try them there because that is where they will taste their best. And I was like, all right, you got a deal.
1: Have you been to any restaurants or craft breweries or craft coffee shops that are worth a trip? Anything that you'd just like to shout out off the top of your head that's worth a trip if you're in the state?
2: I, I'm going to go with um, probably my one of my favorite breweries to go to is White Elephant in um, Mount Airy, North Carolina. They are very small. They're a micro craft brewery, so they don't distribute it. They just sell it in their shop. But they Mm. are some of the absolute nicest people I have ever met. I mean, every time I go in there, I talk to them, have conversations about, you know, their brewing process, what their latest brews are. Their beer is so good. Um, Another really good place that I like is uh, Edward Teach Brewing in Wilmington, North Carolina. They are my favorite brewery. Absolutely. Um, They have a beer there called Teach's Peaches that I really like it's a it's a peach wheat and it's probably my favorite beer so those are my two breweries in North Carolina that you got to check out you know
1: sometimes you see online people talking like oh you know the us doesn't have its own cuisine us doesn't have its own food culture they you know hamburgers and hot dogs and pizza part of that is that's american cuisine and also part of that is Every state has its own hamburger, you know, every state has its own, you know, yeah. pizza, you know, the Chicago pizza is so different from New York pizza, for example. And there's other states that have their own. You just have to look for it. But the best way to see it again is probably from the road.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Being able to get out there and, you know, we love chicken and waffles and probably the best place that we oh, man. ever had chicken and waffles was this little place right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina called the Metro Diner and it was so good. It was the best. We have been searching for a better chicken and waffles and have not been able to find one in five years.
1: Let's talk a little bit about
2: writing as well. So you're an author. Uh, tell me a little bit about your writing. Absolutely. So my first book was a novella called Not Alone. It started off as a challenge for my grandmother to write her a book, and I wrote it in about two months and was never meant to be published it was just meant to go to my grandmother and a couple friends and family and it told my story of mental illness and the journey that I that I went through to get to where I was at that point in my life the success that I had found and I wanted to show people like the people close to me my friends and family how far I'd come and the things that they didn't realize the pieces that they hadn't been a part of and what I found was they really loved that story and wanted me to publish it, and they pushed me to publish it. And it was a very scary feeling because it was, you know, I was putting myself out there. I was um, never really open about my mental illness up to that point. I was kind of quiet about it and kept it to myself. Didn't really talk about it. And after I made the decision to publish the book, I said, you know what? This is it. This is me. I I am. I am who I am, and there's no point in being ashamed of it, and whenever I published the book, I had so many people coming out to me and telling me how much it meant to them, telling me that the story was so powerful, and it made them feel like they weren't alone, and once I started hearing that, my passion for writing was revitalized, and I I made it a mission from that point to put some kind of mental health theme into all of my writing and Later, I actually released a poetry collection called Coffee, Alcohol, and Heartbreak, which I wrote between 2012 and 2016, but didn't actually publish until 2020. But it was poetry that I wrote to kind of cope with my uh, mental illness before it was diagnosed, before I was on medicine for it, and during my battle with addiction. And I went through that journey um, and published that because I had... Found them actually on my Google Drive and decided I was like, you know what? I'm starting on this publishing journey. So I want it to help people. And what better way to help people than to show them what was going through my mind whenever I was undiagnosed and going through my hardest times? So I published that collection. I've released uh, several short stories and some anthologies. I've released a Romance series, the first book, came out in 2021. It was called The Seeds of Love, and it was about a mentally ill young man who fell in love with a girl who lived uh, four hours away, so they get into a long-distance relationship and wind up – it goes through his – it's from his point of view, so it shows you know a man's point of view of the romance and a romantic relationship and how he deals with his mental illness and his insecurities. Um, Second book for that is set to come out in 2024. I've also just released a Enamored Echoes book one, Potent, which is a fantasy retelling of A Midsummer Night's Dream by uh, William Shakespeare. Oberon has uh, schizophrenia in that, so it shows that even gods and deities can have mental illnesses and imperfections. And the next one that I am releasing is the Principals' Principles, coming out in March of 2024. It is a story inspired by my grandmother. Uh, I mentioned she was an English teacher, but she was also the first uh, principal in first female principal in a very rural county in the late 80s. Wow. Yeah. So this is kind of telling. It's a fictionalized story, uh, um, but it, the main character is based on her, and you know, shows how strong she was to overcome the adversity and the bigotry that she had to overcome. So I'm really excited about that book. Um, that's probably one of my favorite pieces besides Not Alone.
1: And of course, we'll put links to all of that in our show notes, all of your books and your uh, your website, your blog, everything. Well, Tyler, I know you've mentioned your websites, but just again, where can people find you if they want to follow your adventures, see where you are, learn more about the country as you're exploring and then... Um...
2: And also just to get in touch with you. Yeah. Best way to find me is through my link tree, which is linktr.ee slash Tyler Witkowski, um, where I'm Tyler Witkowski on all social media that I'm on. I am the only Tyler Witkowski in the world, so if there's somebody else out there um, who is named Tyler Witkowski. The imposter. Yeah, they're an <laughs> imposter. Um, No, but yeah, Linktree is the best way to find me because that's got links to my website, all of my blogs, all of my businesses, all of my books, um, my merchandise that you can buy, um, different ways to support me, and all of my social media. So definitely check me out. And if there's anybody out there who's struggling or needs somebody to talk to, please find me. You know, I am here to talk. I'm here to listen. You know, I, I may not get back to you right away. But I am here and I do want to listen to your story. Um,
1: Are there any resources you'd like to shout out for anyone that might be struggling?
2: Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, as far as mental health goes, Namey and The Mighty have been two great resources for me. Um, You know, Namey has local chapters, they're a nonprofit organization that provides resources. The Mighty is an online magazine. I've written a couple articles for them, they are a great resource. Pause for Patrick is also a great one for people trying to find emotional support animals. I also love Right Hive, which is a writing nonprofit, but they do also focus on non, uh, mental health for nonprofits or mental health for writers. I've spent a lot of time doing panels for them on various subjects, such as mental health um, for writers. So definitely check out those those three organizations.
1: Excellent. Yes. And we will put links to all of those on our show notes as well. So anyone that wants to, they can uh, click on those and, and check those out too. Tyler, thank you so much for taking your time to meet with me today. That was awesome. I really, um, if I didn't live in such a small, far away country, I would be so inspired to get my own RV. I, I would love that. I would absolutely love the freedom of that. It doesn't work so well in Thailand. I'm so excited to follow your adventures as you just keep exploring. I will be following and seeing where you are and, and seeing what you're up to. It's going to be, uh, I'll be living vicariously through you amazing as you're traveling around
2: thank you so much i'm looking forward to hearing from you and hearing what you think about our adventures absolutely
0: very nice
1: yeah i think that would be so much fun
0: yeah it's it's one of those things where yeah just in general it sounds fun you see like people on youtube you know Mm -hmm.
1: converting their vans into campers and it's just man i want i wanted one yeah
0: like i've looked into like when i had a pickup truck i was looking into how to like build a camper in it when i have i have my car now there's plenty of room but it's space limited Mm -hmm. for like building anything in it and so i'm just like and i want i want the option you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be able to be like, ooh, I want to go camping and just drive. And just
1: go. Right. That's why I was mm-hmm. liking the idea of those rooftop tents. Because like yes. for me, I'm probably never going to be able to live full time in a camp or anything like that. Right. Especially in Thailand. It's not like that's not that big of a country. I can't just like you know drive. Like, well, you could, drive.
0: but then it's just then it's just kind of odd.
1: But one of those rooftop tents would be cool because then I could be able to mm-hmm. travel like that.
0: You need a few things for that. A vehicle.
1: I don't have that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um get you a Ford Ranger.
1: Well, I'm yes. pretty sick.
0: <laughs> Honestly, you should do that. I mean, they're expensive, but yeah, I, I really like the idea. I like yeah. the idea of it. I like living vicariously through, sure. through people. As for the mental health stuff, that was awesome. I think yes. that's something that needs to get talked about more. You know, I, I have struggled with mental health for my whole life, mm-hmm. at least as long as I can remember. And for a long time, like I would use kind of that, like traveling as a tool. And I, I obviously understand that's a very privileged thing, and that's a very um, – not everyone can do that, but it, new experiences in general help me. And so travel is, is just one new experience after the other, unless you're like me and you come back to the same place every time, <laughs> and now I live here. Well, and there's something just to be
1: said about – or I think just for humans and the human spirit about mm-hmm. just being able to get outside and be surrounded by nature. Yes. It's not going to solve everything, I'm sure. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm no expert. I'm no expert, guys. We're just talking here, just so you know. I mean, if you need an expert, check out the resources in the Yes, please do. But I'm just saying, as a human, for human nature, there's just something about being surrounded by the forest or just nature. Your favorite biome <laughs> in general replenishes you, you
0: know? Yes. I know for me, it's all of them really, like, it's hard because I, I have this debate in my head sometimes. Obviously, I live near the mountains. Yes. And... That is when I think of someplace peaceful is is the mountains for me. But I also feel the same way about like being near the ocean and all these other things. It's just, just being in the woods. So wherever that place is for you, it's it's very nice. And you know, for me, I get very antsy if I go too long. <laughs> here's just an article from the American
1: Psychological Association talking about how frequent exposure to nature can reduce reported anxiety lower stress levels, reduce risks of depression and other psychiatric disorders, cause upticks in empathy and cooperation. So there's, it says there's mounting evidence from dozens and dozens of researchers that nature has benefits, not just for our physical, but also our psychological human well-being. Yeah. Just by walking in nature or even taking a walk around your urban area. So
0: I like that they emphasize that just walking around an urban area. It's getting outside even more so than just like being in the wilderness because that's, yeah. for most people the wilderness is not accessible in their day-to-day life but there's a
1: very clear correlation between vitamin d exposure mm-hmm. and and just happiness as well i mean chemically you know not that's not anecdotal that's a chemical thing
0: right and you know especially during these winter months it's it's very tough
1: oh seasonal affective know. disorder is is legit i mean i live in texas here in thailand so i don't really you know deal with it but like people that live up north it's serious i mean it's a real
0: thing yeah I know here, um, we're not even the worst. Like we get, um, the 21st is the winter solstice and we're going to get like six hours of sunlight, six, no, no. Like eight, nine hours of sunlight, something like that. Um, I think Juneau, Alaska gets like six hours of sunlight on the winter solstice day. And it's like barely cresting. I personally don't suffer from seasonal affective disorder, but I know it's, it can be devastating to people. It's, it can be really, really bad. And Getting vitamin D. Obviously, you live in Thailand. There's plenty of vitamin D, except for during monsoons, I guess.
1: We basically live in the summer all year round, so yeah. seasonal affective disorder. I mean, I maybe it's a thing. Maybe it affects people in Thailand. I don't know. I don't know. I, but I'm going to say it's it, probably not as much, <laughs> if, if <No>. anything.
0: <laughs> but like yeah, people people up in the especially like the northern in Canada and places like that. Like yeah. it's it's just tough. Oh
1: yeah, I was watching a documentary about Yakutsk in Russia, mm-hmm. and they're like under like vitamin D sun lamps just to. Yeah. feel normal, you know?
0: Um, I know people that work in Antarctica take vitamin D supplements. I think at the end of the day, the biggest thing is to be mindful of your mental health, you know, and do things that help you. Obviously, it's kind of become a, I don't want to say joke, but people are just like, oh, you're depressed? Just go for a walk. And I'm like, that doesn't fix everything, but it, it can be part of helping.
1: It certainly doesn't hurt right yeah
0: for me and this is at least for me coming from a place of experience and i i understand that that's not an easy thing to do if you're feeling depressed it's not easy to just get out and go for a walk it's not um but sometimes the effort is worth it and if you are feeling that way please 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 check out the resources that we will link in the show notes and don't be don't be embarrassed or afraid to get help
1: and uh, and I think that's why part of, you know, it's, that's why we think it's such a good thing to force ourselves to try new things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's weeks where we don't want to do something new. Um, oh, yeah. But we try to. It's a lot. <laughs> having a new experience can broaden our minds and and help us just to yeah. get out of our bubbles. And
0: I always feel good when I do it. I don't know about you, Michael, but I am fairly lazy by nature. Sure.
1: Yeah. That's why we're trying to make a podcast. Our career. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 shots fired at ourselves <laughs> at, at <us>. um <laughs> it's hard sometimes sometimes i'm just like i don't want to get outside especially if it's cold or whatever i'm just like uh but then I, whenever i do it i'm like oh that was great i should do that more so so tyler awesome. thank you so much yes wait to follow your adventures and see what you're up to see
1: where you're traveling see what you're eating and all the uh the cool oh, stuff yeah. that you're up to next
0: all righty michael yeah i believe it is my turn and it is time for. Adventures in the News. I have this one. It'll be a little short one, but the title is Coast Guard Arrests a Man Trying to Run a Giant Hamster Wheel Across the Atlantic. Wait, wow. It was, a, it was a floating one. It's a floating hamster wheel. Okay. Um, Is there a
1: picture of this? Let me... let me.
0: Yeah, I'll send you it.
1: Okay. I can't visualize this. Is it one of those balls that you like...
0: No, that would be smarter.
1: When you're like at grill or something and you're like... <laughs> Like, get in one of those big inflatable balls, and you... There you go. Oh, man. Okay. Like... So, folks, I'm going to try to describe this. We can try to describe this. It's a canister with just, like, buoys on the outside or something. Yeah. I, don't... <laughs> I don't... so dumb. So. <laughs> okay. They're just, like... They look like yoga balls. It looks like just, like, a bunch of yoga mm-hmm. balls glued to a... It's a hydropod made of buoys.
0: Yeah. Try as he might, Reza Baluchi cannot reach his destination without running afoul of the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh-huh. Baluchi, who lives in Florida after being granted asylum from Iran, was taken in by the Coast Guard last week aboard his vessel, following several days of back and forth with the authorities. Florida is horrible. I have to get back to Iran. He was about 70 miles east of Tibby Island, Georgia. Wow, he got um, remarkably far. Yeah, he told officers his destination was London, England. Oh, come on, man so he is really um into it i had very mixed thoughts about this so first of all
1: i was going to ask it they arrested him what was his crime but if his crime actually if he's trying to go to london that's probably just illegal immigration right trying to get Um, to another
0: country he was just trying to to go back and forth um (sighs) just for fun he just to do it um yeah, I think he just wants to do it. He has attempted voyages and similar homemade vessels in twenty fourteen, twenty sixteen, and twenty twenty one, all of which resulted in Coast Guard intervention. Um, the issue in this one is his vessel was not registered. Cause there's nothing that is illegal about having a man made um a self propelled yeah, yeah. boat across the ocean. And people like people row and stuff. It's, it's just mm-hmm. dumb. Like, it is yes, Not to be a, those people that do that, but like
1: manifestly unsafe.
0: <laughs> what he is doing is stupid.
1: Yeah, very um, unsafe. I mean, just register it. It's not that hard, I don't think.
0: I know, I don't know. He faces charges of obstruction of boarding and violation of a captain of the port order. <laughs> it's just his dream. He's just he's just gonna keep doing it. <laughs> how far how far would he have to get out before like
1: Well, so for the Coast Guard, he'd have to be out of U.S. territorial waters because they patrol.
0: Which I don't know how far that goes out.
1: Um, So how how big do you think the vessel is? Is it less than Um, 12 feet, between 12 and 16 feet, or between 16 and 26?
0: 12 and 16, probably. It does not look very large.
1: Between 12 and 16 feet, the fee to register a vessel is $28.75 in Florida.
0: Come on, man. So, But does yeah. it count as a vessel? Like, what? what's the qualification? It's just odd. Like, I, I applaud his ambition. But, yeah. You know, so there's a guy mm. trying to do that. So
1: that, I would say, is an example of the dark side of adventuring. Adventuring is great, but don't do, do it right. Do it properly. Do it legally. Do it safely.
0: Yeah, because you hear all these things as people like climbing mountains that are really, like, illegal to climb. You hear all these things. Like, just don't do that. Like it's going to get you in trouble. Yeah, you hear the stories about people that succeeded,
1: and they have a great story and everything like that. And, uh, um, but like, be safe. I mean, I, I sound. I mean, to be fair, I did get, I did illegally climb a mountain earlier this year, and uh,
0: on on accident.
1: On accident. So, uh, listen back to season three, episode one of this podcast. <laughs> I did get detained and I got fined. Not my fault. To be fair. Poor signage. Yes. Um, however, still. If I had known, I wouldn't have done that. So be be safe, folks. Be safe. Be smart. Yeah, just just be safe.
0: (laughs) Know your local rules and regulations because you don't want to be detained in a foreign country.
1: Or your own country. You just don't want to be detained. You don't want to be
0: detained in your own country either. That's not fun either. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, If you enjoyed the show, you can find more Attempt Adventure content on Instagram, YouTube. I think that's it. Facebook. The big one. I'm not on Facebook, so I forget about it. YouTube is fun. We've got a lot of fun stuff on our YouTube channel now. Yeah, we do. Go Check to
1: youtube.com slash at attempt adventure. And you can see all sorts of fun stuff. We've mm-hmm. been doing videos and games. We had a really fun bonus video last week. If you guys want to see us messing around with AI and creating some brand new gadgets, head on oh, yeah. over. It's, it was a hoot.
0: Some Some new videos, some really old videos, all that good stuff. Yeah, and if you like the show, please leave us a review five stars if you're feeling generous but again honesty over flattery kind of (laughs) maybe for the most part thanks again everybody for listening and until next time keep adventuring